Welcome to the Giants Huddle. Get him in the huddle, get him in the huddle, get him in the huddle. A New York Giants podcast. My name is John Schmelk and welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle podcast. Today's episode features three conversations with the Giants coordinators. Defensive coordinator James Betcher, offensive coordinator Mike Shula, and special teams coordinator Thomas McGahey. Before we get to those three gentlemen, I want to remind you that if you're listening on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, that's great. Thank you for being with us, but it's a lot easier for you and it's better for us if you go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, add us to your favorites, put us into your feed, and if you're an Apple podcast, leave a positive review or a high rating if you like what you hear. We started off with James Betcher, the Giants' second-year defensive coordinator. I started my conversation with him by asking about the Giants' young defensive backfield. The Giants drafted three cornerbacks in the 2019 NFL Draft. DeAndre Baker, Julian Love, and Corey Ballantyne. I asked James Betcher how those three and the other young defensive backs have progressed from the spring to where they are heading into training camp. You know, I think the first thing to say with that is there's no good young players without good vets. And those guys that are young players in the second secondary or guys that might be young player at the linebacker position or young, you know, a young player stepping in in the front, all those rooms have strong veteran players, guys that know how to work and know how to study tape and know how to come into the room prepared to ask questions. And really the next thing that vets are able to show these young guys is how to take it from the classroom to the field and not waste time having – to go through things that you've already been through a couple times in the classroom. Um, but but these guys are working. They're engaged. Um, they're getting challenged in the meeting rooms by their position coaches. And they're getting challenged by the vets in the room. And, and that's probably more important than anything is our vets are challenging guys right now. And it's one of the most challenging positions in football. You're out on an island against great wide receivers. You're not shy about blitzing. They're going to be asked to cover man-on-man. What's the biggest thing for a rookie corner, even a guy like Sam Beal, who really didn't play at all last year except for a practice or two, to transition from college to the pros to make it seamless? What's the biggest jump? What are you focusing on with them? Um, Beyond the core fundamentals and techniques, because – no matter whether you want to rush for and play coverage of any kind, corners in this league, they're going to get isolated, to your point. And fundamentals and techniques, how to play and, and use those techniques in certain coverages and what they apply to. I think sometimes you get some of the young guys, especially DBs in the back end, um, everything's like the same for them. So you might call coverage A, and they, they'll play coverage A like they'll cover, play coverage B, C, D, and E. But now we're really trying to, to, to take what techniques apply when and develop those techniques. That's the first thing. And the second thing is just this. Next play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next play. You're going to give up a completion in this league. It happens. It happens to the greatest of the greatest corners. You're going to give up a touchdown. You're going to give up a completion. Do we want any of that? Absolutely not. But it's going to happen, and we got to play the next play. And, you know, just watching DeAndre Baker, and I say this in a complimentary way, he doesn't care. Like, he just goes out there and plays. He's confident. He goes out there. He gets beat. He just comes back, plays again. He just seems like a kid that is just one play at a time, knows how to cover, and is just real confident in himself. Yep. Uh, and – you know, him and Sam Beal, they're both competing for that job. And both of those guys have a lot of growth ahead of them. And I think that's the exciting thing about working with them is you see a bunch of talent, a bunch of skills, a bunch of ability 
we have to get that skill and ability refined and get those guys ready to execute and use those tools. Now, the other side of that is they themselves have to have to have to get themselves ready. Sure. You know, it's a two-way street, and that's what the good players I've ever been around. You know, a Patrick Peterson at corner, a Janoris Jenkins at corner. You watch those guys, an individual, when they work, or when you watch them when it's a walkthrough. I look over at Jack, and it's a walkthrough in May. OTA six, and he's in a great stance, and he's locked in. That's what great players do. That's what real corners do. And it's good that we have young guys that can see what that looks like because I've been a few places where we've had guys at corner, a Patrick, a Janoris, and that's what those guys do. So um, it, it's exciting for our young players to be exposed to that. For the fans out there, Jack is Jack Rapid, by the way. Janoris Jenkins, for the folks that don't know, you brought in a veteran safety, Antoine Bethay, who you know a lot about. And you know you can trust him, vet. He's been around the block a million times. Good player. But Jabril Peppers is somebody that you weren't that familiar with before he got here. He wasn't on one of your rosters. What have you learned about him since he's gotten on the roster? And how much can he do? And at what level can he do it? You know, the unique thing about him is when he was coming out of Michigan, um, I'm at the Cardinals, and I went up. Um, I was a coordinator in Arizona, and I went up and just spent a bunch of time with him. He was kind of a targeted guy that is an organization that they, you know, we wanted to go up and spend some time with, get to know. And everything I thought then is accurate. He loves football. He loves to play the game. He brings a bunch of energy in the building. You feel him. He walks in, you feel him. It's not because he's loud, not because he's obnoxious. This is because he has passion and he has a great smile. And um, I think those things are what what gets you know gets people to gravitate towards him, and that makes him a natural leader. Um, you know, he, he can blitz from different angles. He can cover in space. He can play high in coverage. Um, he's he's really done all those things. You look at even when he was at Cleveland, he he played nickel, linebacker, and safety in in many many of the same games. He's he's gonna I think he's gonna have a lot of fun playing in this defense. Talk about your pass rushers a little bit. How do you see the group coming together? A couple of vets, Marcus Golden, who I think has looked fantastic in the spring. Those pads, I know, but he he can move, he can bend. And then you have the two young guys, Lorenzo Carter, trying to come into his own, and the rookie O'Shane Zimenez and Kareem, obviously. Yeah, that, that's a really, really solid NFL position group. And I think one of the things that's unique about them is these guys, they practice extremely hard. They work extremely hard. And you will never know until we get pads on, like you just said, where we're at in terms of disruption. But I got a really good feeling about the combination of those four guys in one way, shape, or form or another um, of being able to disrupt and get quarterbacks off the spot, and just in in just as much in the pass rush, let's let's disrupt in the run game too. You know, our goal is to be a top five run defense, and that that happens if we get disruption from our edge players. And you mentioned getting the pads on. We're not going to see what B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson, and that monster Dexter Lawrence is going to be able to do until the pads come on either. How much can their interior play, whether it's in the base with the three down or in the interior when you're in sub with the with the four man front? How much can they help the edge rushers in in giving that inside push to allow them to get to the quarterback. Yeah, there's there's two aspects to the inside rush. There's someone has to push the pocket so quarterbacks can't step up. Then the other point, the other part is the, the other guy has to disrupt just like he's an edge rusher. Mm. 
he's got to he's got to overlap the spot. So if the, if one of the two interior guys is pushing the pocket, that generally means the other d- interior defensive guy is going to have uh, one-on-ones. And those one-on-ones, he's got to overlap the vision of the quarterback and make the quarterback's eyes drop, make him shuffle and move off his spot and allow us to come back down with our edge rushers or counter back inside with our edge rushers. That three technique is becoming just as important one of those edge guys you're 100% right. Final question. Are we going to get to see you open up the James Betcher playbook a little bit more this year with all the new personnel you got, veteran safeties, guys that maybe you can trust to cover one-on-one? Are we going to see some of the old tricks come out a little bit in 2019? I, you know, I think anytime you go, and, and it was the same way when we built it in Arizona, every year you you have a little more at your hands because it's one thing just to call a bunch of stuff that your players don't know why you're calling it. And we gotta, we have to build the foundation. And, and I was really just talking to a couple other guys about this, a couple of our players about this, is we, we got to focus on not what we do, but how we're doing it, then why we're doing it. So how we play this technique, how we play this coverage, because those coverages are go hand in hand with the blitz packages. Um, how we blitz, how we blitz with good angles, how we develop being able to overlap in pressures and and create uh, indecision of quarterbacks, how we hold disguise and what the weaknesses those instances might create in the coverage. So as you build that, you absolutely can have either more volume or more things that, that really are different but look the same or maybe the same things that look different. That's great stuff. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks. That's Giants defensive coordinator James Betcher. Now let's flip to the other side of the ball where Giants offensive coordinator Mike Shula, also in his second year, is benefiting from having most of his players returning for a second year in the same system. I asked very simply how that's helped. Yeah, you can just tell by the look in their eyes and the questions they ask and the comfort level is so much higher. Um, I think we get a lot more things done in everything we do, in the meeting room, in the walkthroughs, on the practice field. Um, If there's mistakes made, um, they get corrected quicker. Guys are very um, in tune with uh, getting their job done. And, you know, so it's been obviously, you know, the ultimate test is going to be on Sunday. But, you know, there's a lot of things uh, that are looking where our arrows are pointing up, and we just got to kind of stay on track that way. How much can fans look back to the final eight games and final four games of last year after Odell got hurt to envision what your offense is going to look like this year? Or are you going to see some significant changes? Well, we'd like to, other than a couple um, finishes where we didn't finish as well as we should have, we you know we look at that as well as coaches, and you'd like to you know, kind of pick up where you left off at the worst and then go from there. Um, you know, we felt like we put ourselves, we won some games and we put ourselves in position um, to win some games against good play, against playoff teams or teams that had to win to get into the playoffs. Uh, and then we fell short on a couple of them. But there's, um, I think our personality is just going to be a good balanced, um, efficient with the ability to, um, you know, get the ball down the field at any time. I think we got guys that when they have the ball in their hands are explosive. Um, and anytime you do that and you can um, create space for them uh, or move the line of scrimmage for them, I think that uh, bodes well for um, you know, giving us a chance to be exciting. 
For an offensive coordinator, how much of an advantage does it give you when you have a balanced offense in terms of ball distribution where teams aren't going to know, is this week's throwing Shepard the number one guy? Is it Golden Tate? Is it Evan Ingram? Where there isn't really a number one guy in the passing game and they can just get the ball to whoever's open. How much does that help the offense? I think it really helps. I think regardless of, of who's on your team uh, at, and at, at what talent level, I think the more you can spread the ball around, um, we say the you know the more the defense has to cover the field or, or not just hone in on one guy, uh, the more efficient you're going to be. Um, and it's not just that with personnel. I would say it's um, be, you know trying to be unpredictable with formations um, or, um, when certain personnel's on the field. Uh, and you know ultimately we you know we feel like if we stay on the field by making good decisions with the quarterbacks and um, making first downs that you know we get. Obviously, you have a chance with the guys we had to get the ball in the end zone. You have a fierce battle for that third wide receiver spot. One guy I want to ask you about is Corey Coleman, who kind of came in midstream last year. That's always tough, trying to learn things on the fly. Now he's been here for a full offseason program. How has he grown since he's been here, coming in the spring, heading into training camp? Yeah, well, he's got he's got a great opportunity, and he's very talented. Um, and he's, he's come a long way already. Uh, and we're pushing the envelope with him uh, as far as asking him to do uh, not just you know this or that. Um, we all know he can run, so we're not we're not just asking him to run down the field every play. We want him to be able to run, uh, you know, all the routes. As some people say, have the complete route tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more he, you know, uh, becomes aware of the uh, the defenses and the little adjustments he's got to make, I think the faster he's going to play. And I, that's shown up uh, really each and every day a little bit more. And uh, you know, I think if he continues on pace, I think he's going to be able to help us. Now, the one place you saw a lot of change was on the offensive line, and Nate Solder, Mike Remmers isn't on the field yet. But you have Will Hernandez a year older, Jalapio's back, competing with Spencer Pulley, and you had two vets on the right side of the offensive line, and Kevin Zeitler and Mike Remmers when he eventually becomes healthy. If you can solidify that group and have them throughout camp and throughout the season, does that give you more confidence as an offensive coordinator where maybe you can do more seven-step, more five-step, open up the playbook a little bit? Well, for sure. You know, I think that, um, you know, we've got more depth than we've had, plus with the, the uh, experience that we've got with the guys we brought in, plus the experience that we've got in the system from the guys that were here last year. Um, then you add in the fact that our skill players, you know, it all works together. Our skill players are going to help our offensive line, and in turn, our offensive line is going to help our skill players. So they're going to create, uh, they're going to help us run the ball and create good looks um, in the play action uh, passing game and ha- let get, uh, and then with Saquon, hopefully, you know, you get some uh, uh, good individual one on ones with the outside receivers because they're going to commit to defending the run. So all it all ties in together, but it starts up front and with the depth and some of the experience and probably more so than all of that just the character of those guys up front and the way they compete and the pride that they take I think it's going to definitely help us. I know you guys did a ton of work on Daniel Jones before he got here. Is there anything new you've learned about him working with him up close and personal over the course of the spring that maybe you didn't know before he got here? Yeah I wouldn't say you know again he hasn't played his first game uh, yet but I mean I would say everything that we've thought has been um, pretty much on par or maybe even a little bit better. You know, he's got a real fast mind. Um, he picks things up well. Again, you know, from what we've seen so far without the playing time experience, um, he's, uh, you know, he's kind of a quiet guy, but he's, he's got, he's, uh, he's, you can see the competitiveness in him. He's very serious about what he, what he, uh, about his job and wants to do it right. Um, so, 
yeah, I think there's a lot of neat things that we're, I think we're still finding out about him too, and, it, and all of it's been really good. Is really the next step for him and the most important thing to see how he transfers the learning, the processing, and all that when he's got a live pass rush coming at him in preseason games? Yeah, I would say that, and then probably just as important, you know, we've been going against our defense every day. So now all of a sudden you're seeing different styles of defense, and you're going to see different disguises, and you're going to see different fronts and um, variations of coverages and blitzes. So now um, that, that'll be probably just as uh, much for us to look at and for him to, to learn from uh, during the preseason uh, and continue to get better because of it. Mike, good stuff. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks. That's Giants offensive coordinator Mike Shula. Now let's go to special teams with Thomas McGahee. Now last year, Thomas McGahee had a battle with cancer that he won. I started off by asking Tom if he's close to 100%. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm rocking right along. It's a, uh, it's been a long haul, but it's been good. Uh, getting back to working out normally, and you know, just kind of getting to everyday routine and having a little weekend golf and running around with the kids. You know, flying back and forth to Houston, so it's it's kind of normal now. Excellent, good to hear. And boy, you have a lot of fun tools at your disposal this off season, huh? Let's start with one of the new guys, Jabril Peppers. How much can you utilize him on special teams, given what an outsized role on defense he's going to have? Is that going to limit the way you can use him, or is he so young? Just throw him in there and let him roll. Yeah, you know, that's that's a week-by-week basis. You know, uh, we'll, we'll practice him at every position, uh, and we'll just kind of see how the season flows. Uh, you know, if we have to use him as a kick returner, punt returner, you know, whatever on, you know, punt return, a vice player, or, you know, whatever, wherever we need him, uh, we'll, we'll gauge those, those spots. You know, Jabril's a high-energy guy. You know, he, he got a motor. He can go all day, but you got to save him from himself, you know. So we'll make sure we pick and choose our spots with him. Now, I'm sure, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, does the emergence of another player that you think can do one of those things well might make it easier for you to pull Jabril back in some of the situations. So if you decide Corey Coleman, yeah, he's going to be a great kickoff guy, then you know what, maybe we don't have to use Jabril in that spot. Absolutely. And Corey showed his his worth last year. Uh, he did a great job. He was in the top half of the league. I want to say he was in the top 10 in kickoff returns per average last year. So he came in and gave us a spark plug last year. So Corey definitely has the ability to do it. And, you know, again, I mean, we, we got a lot of guys over there that are working. And, uh, you know, we're not going to load up Jabril. We're not going to kill him. You know, he, he is an a phenomenal player. We're going to make sure that he can, uh, we can maximize his value at the same time, uh, but make sure we keep him fresh. We know some of your veterans can be great gunners, the Cody Latimers, the Russell Shepherds, guys like that. Who else have you seen emerge among the young guys that can maybe step up and, and do a little good work as a gunner in, in those very important punt coverage situations? Well, you know, Antonio Hamilton did a great job for us last mm-hmm. year. Um, but some of these young guys, you just, you never know. You don't know until we get in a, in a, uh, a padded situation where the guys can get their, you know, guys can get their hands on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some guys that have shown some early signs have been uh, uh, Darius Slayton and uh, uh, Julian, Julian Love, Lord of mercy, Julian. Uh, but he, he is a very smooth athlete. Darius has great speed. Sure. Uh, they're hardworking kids. Uh, and, and they understand it like they get it, you know, so it's it's and they're just, you know, just just a handful of guys. But we got some guys that we can rotate in. We'll see a lot in the preseason from them. We'll roll those guys. It'll be it'll be a different gunner, probably almost every punt. You know, we already know who our veteran guys are and what they can do. The Russell Shepherds of the world and all those guys, Cody and, you know, and, and really him. But those young guys will we'll get a nice dosage of them during the preseason so we can see what they can do. 
I always think you have the toughest job when it comes to these rookies. You know, the D.C. is all this tape of these guys doing stuff on defense. Mike Shula can watch them on offense in college. Half these guys haven't done anything on special teams. How do you figure out what all these young and new players could be good at to put them in a position to succeed and help the team? We watch them in their natural essence as a football player. Can they bend their knees? Can they strike? Uh, can they run? All right. Can they? Uh, will they listen to coaching? All right. are, are, do they have an eagerness to be the best? All right. Regardless of what you do on offense and defense, we always say how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So you can't compartmentalize who you are as a as a player. Right. So if you're going to play hard on defense, you're not going to show up to special teams and then just not play hard. You, it normally kind of equates. So if if you don't play hard on defense, it normally it'll equate on special teams and and vice versa. If you play hard, you're just a hard player. You know. So guys that are that are willing and able and eager uh, to do it, that's that's what we do. And then and then. We evaluate them by watching them play in offense and defense. You know, it's football, right? This ain't rocket science. This is football. Sometimes we overcomplicate this this stuff as coaches and as as uh, talent evaluators. We make we make this a little bit harder than what it should be. But at the end of the day, can you run? Can you block? Can you tackle? And are you coachable? And that, those are the things that those are the essential things that we need. Dave Gettleman's been very careful to bring in a certain type of player. And I got to imagine for a special teams coach, you love the type of players that Dave Gettleman brings in here. Uh, do you have a bunch of guys on this, I guess, 90-man roster at this point that are eager to play special teams? Because for you guys, effort and wanting to do it and wanting to be good at it is, is really almost half the battle, right? right. Yeah, last year, you know, Mr. Gettleman has done a great job of – uh, assembling the roster from the top down and bottom up, you know, and, and you're only as good as your weakest link. So he, when we first got here, he started building it from the bottom up and uh, changed out the bottom of the roster, and it really helped us. And last year, we, we laid a foundation as far as special teams concerned. We, we ranked in a couple rankings uh, in the top three, you know. So those guys in our room understand the importance of it, and we're leading, we're letting the older guys lead, and they know they, they know the importance that they have to convey to the younger guys. Okay, look, this is what we do. This is, this is the foundation that we laid last year, and when you come in here, you're going to have to pull your, pull your weight. You know? So a lot of these guys, like you said, they, don't, they haven't played in college, but it's my job as, as a special teams coordinator, me, Blev, and, uh, and Coach Quinney, it's our job to make sure these guys understand the importance of it because we always tell them we all, we all touch each other's money. Right. So regardless of what you do and the decisions you make, you got to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page because what you do affects me and what I do affects you. You know, so that that's the most important thing. And we all got to get on the same page that way. Tom Coughlin taught me never to use the word comfortable and it's a bad word. So I'll use a different word. Do you feel good about having Algic Rosas back? making such a big step from his rookie year to his second year and the consistency that he can bring as not only a kickoff guy but also a field goal kicker. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's been fun to watch his maturation process. Um, you know, Aldrich is a hardworking kid. He really, really uh, is, is, is big into honing his craft. Uh, he's very coachable. Uh, he's, he's not your typical kicker. Uh, he's, he has a different mindset as far as his approach as an athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you ever go on his Instagram page, you can watch him dunk a basketball 95 different ways, but it's not very many kickers in this league that can do that. He's a phenomenal athlete, and he understands that, and he's starting to grow into who he is as a uh, professional kicker. You know, coming off the Pro Bowl year, 
Uh, we anticipate him going back in the same direction, you know, having that steady Eddie performance and being a, uh, a guy we can lean on in, in a critical situation. It helps when you line up and feel good. He can reach on a 60-yard kick in the games. It really changes the way you play. Finally, Riley Dixon. Another guy, you look at him, doesn't look like a punter, right? Punters look different than they used to, I get that. But he's another guy that he just has the body that makes you think that, yeah, we know he has the power, but he's really trying to hone that directional ability too. Absolutely. he's He's been working really hard. Uh, he changed some things up in the offseason um, technically that we hope they're going to pay off during the year. And uh, he, he's, he really, uh, really focused on the details of, of – his get-off time and, and his steps and all this stuff this offseason. So he's working hard, man. He has great hands. He's, he's probably the best holder, one of the best holders in, in the league. Uh, he is a very, very diligent worker when it comes to that. And we look forward to big things from Riley. His, his best football is ahead of him. Look forward to seeing your unit in pads and get to apply their trade in some real-life situations coming in August. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Giants special teams coordinator Thomas Vigehi. We thank him along with James Betcher and Mike Shula for joining us on this week's episode of the Giants Little Podcast as we close in on the start of training camp. Thank you so much for being with us. And one more time, folks, if you're listening on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, that's great. Thank you. Fantastic. We appreciate you being with us and listening to the Giants Little Podcast. But it's easier for you, better for us. Go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, add us to your favorites, put us into your feed. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive review or a high rating if you like what you hear. Thanks for being with us on this episode of the Giants Auto Podcast. We'll see you next time. Adios.